Inside Fashion Marketing, the podcast that gives you the tools you need to build your brand, grow your business, and connect to customers on Zalando. Snackable inspiration for fashion, beauty, and lifestyle brands. By Zalando Marketing Services, Zalando's 360-degree marketing unit. Hello, hello. Welcome, dear listeners. Glad to have you on the show. I'm Andreas Antrop. I'm the Managing Director of Zalando Marketing Services, helping connect fashion, lifestyle and beauty brands and retailers to consumers all over Europe. And now, without further ado, let's introduce today's topic, where we'll be discussing how streetwear brand Karl Kenai creates excitement around his new collections. Talking to me today is Kalle Sufi, Team Lead Marketing at Karl Kenai. But before we get started, Khaled, tell me, what do you love most about Karl Kenai as a brand? And about your work as a marketer. Hi, Andreas. Thank you very much for having me today. What I love most about Karkanai as a brand is definitely the history and the legacy um, of the brand. It's around since '89, uh, was founded in Brooklyn back in the days. And my first um, memories of fashion and my first memories of a brand were basically of Karkanai. Because that was one of the brands that I wore first. I dragged my mom to the store. I was born in 86, so uh, when the brand was at its peak, uh, that was in the mid-90s. Uh, and everybody was hyped about the brand. And um, yeah, that's what I loved about it. That's what I still love about it. Because I'm happy to be a part of it uh, and to be a part of the team that brought it back in, in Europe and all over the world, basically. That's a great story. You know, for those listeners who are less familiar with Karkanai, can you explain a bit the brand, what it stands for? The story of the brand and the story of the name is super interesting. So most people mispronounce it or don't know what's behind the actual name. So many people say Karkani all over the world, but it's actually Karkanai, which comes from the question, can I? And um, Carl Williams, that's his actual name, which he changed later to Karkanai, uh, founded the brand in 89 in Brooklyn, New York. And the whole thing started when he was designing clothing for himself, basically. And everybody was asking him uh, where he got it from. And he started producing and making clothes for um, his friends and for people in his neighborhood. And then, yeah, all of a sudden he had to come up with a name, of course. You know, because he didn't have a brand name. And um, he came up with the name Can I? Because that was a question he was always asking himself. Like, can I be, be successful? Can I be the black Ralph Lauren? Can I be the first black successful designer? Can I create a brand that um, has a huge impact on hip-hop? That's, that's how the brand actually started. And that's how Carl started. Because he was one of the first black designers or maybe the first black designer and the originator of hip-hop streetwear, people were picking it up. And um, Aliyah was wearing it, Tupac was wearing it, Biggie was wearing it. Uh, and not only were they wearing it, but they were part of his campaigns and they were the faces of his campaigns without him paying them, but just because they loved the idea and they loved the whole culture thing and they loved to be part of it. Amazing story. And it's even more amazing to, to think of it. It started in the in the 80s. And um, you know, I just realized, I think it's exactly 20 years later 
that Obama became president with, yes, we can. So there's the, the answer, so to speak, to Carr's question. And again, 10 years later, roughly, we are now here talking about Carl Kanai on Zalando. I wonder, Carl, can you tell me a bit about how um, digitization, online shopping has been arriving at Carl Kanai and how the, the strategy has moved over the past few years? I mean, in general, maybe we have to start there that Carl Kanai, especially in Europe, more or less didn't exist for like 10, 15 years. You know, after its hype back in the 90s and the early 2000s, it kind of disappeared because there was no trend for this like oversized hip hop wear. We, we basically started from scratch again, especially in Europe. So it was not that hard for us to be part of this digitalization because we had to start from scratch, actually. There were no boundaries for us. We, we could really start from scratch and we are part of the digitalization and we could use that in our benefit. Interesting. And can you tell us a bit about the role of digitization? So um, I, uh, I remember, for instance, one of the, the recent successful campaigns of, of yours is Welcome to the Digital Future. So um, what, is, what it has, has inspired that one? Um, yeah, obviously the future is going to be digital. There's no way around it. Um, you can see it in every aspect of our lives. It's not only fashion. It's uh, yeah. I'm I'm pretty sure our currencies will be completely digital in like five to ten years. But um, you see that in every every aspect of our lives, especially now during uh, this pandemic. You've seen how important it is to adapt to the digitalization as a brand, as a retailer, as a company. And um, you could see that everybody who was not prepared, who was not doing digital campaigns, who were not strong on Instagram, who were not strong on in e-commerce, uh, they were struggling and they're still struggling. Uh, I think you will still see what's going to happen to these brands in a couple of years. Yeah, it's super important for us. And that's why we don't say digital only, but we 100% say digital first. Got it. And um, if, if we zoom into that particular campaign, um, can, you, can you tell us a bit about the objective and the strategy of that campaign? So um, there was no specific goal for the campaign. And our strategy was basically to work with influencers in the most commercial but still most authentic way mm -hmm. um, to find influencers that are loving our brand, that are wearing our brand, that are not just part of the campaign and taking images because they get paid for it, but because they want to spread the message, they want to show the brand, they want to be part of this whole movement. Because with Kanai, we want to really show and spread this positive message of this, like, can I question? And the, the answer should always be, yes, I can. Um, and like everybody who was involved and the influencers, the, the people from your team, our team, um, everybody wants to be a part of this and everybody's excited to work with Kanai and on this project. And that's like really important for us. 
And our goal was just to speak to a wider audience um, than we did before. Obviously, Kalkanai is a streetwear brand. It's a hip-hop inspired. Not It's not a hip-hop brand anymore. It's a hip-hop inspired brand. And that's actually, which is really important for us. That's why we chose the influencers we chose. Because I don't believe in like super detailed briefings for influencers because then it doesn't make sense to work with them. You know, for me, it's uh, super important to let them to be creative, to get the clothing and then do whatever they want to do with it and show how to wear it in their own way. There's a nice one indeed. And um, perhaps you can tell our listeners a bit more about, you know, your philosophy and your strategy on how you engage with influencers, what kind of tools you use, what kind of, what kind of briefs or non-briefs you, you give, what would you say? I mean, especially with this uh, campaign we did with you, that was 100% created by you guys. Shout out to uh, Mirko and Tobi <laughs> here, uh, who did a really, really great job. And I mean, we discussed what our goals were, what our objectives were, uh, what we wanted to do, basically what I, what I just said, that we want to show the brand in many different ways and let the influencers really be creative and show it in their own way. Um, and then uh, your team basically came up with uh, a lot of suggestions of influencers. And um, yeah, then we basically picked the ones we liked the most and um, gave them a brief. We gave them a selection of clothing, which we wanted to showcase in this campaign. Uh, and then they were able basically to pick and choose what they liked and how they wanted to style it and created a very nice campaign for us. We had so many nice images. Some of them went viral and had like the craziest engagement. So it was a very, very successful campaign. I think also from your side, you were super happy. And it, yeah, it was uh, all over success in terms of sales, in terms of, uh, in terms of engagement. It was a great, uh, great campaign. That's very good to hear. But still, you know, Khaled, every now and then you wonder hmm, if I could go back and, and change this or change that. Um, so I wonder if you could go back to the to the start of our partnership, Kalkanai and Zalando ZMS, what would be the one piece of advice you'd give yourself? I don't know if I would change anything or if I if there would be anything that we could change because we started with the main focus on sales. We're like, okay, this is working, obviously. Um, so let's try something else. And I believe in learn to walk first and then you can run. And then, yeah, we we sure. walked yes. we walk very well. <laughs> so we're like, okay, <laughs> let's go. Let's, uh, let's run and uh, let's try something else and uh, let's put more budget into it. The thing is, if... If we had more budget in the beginning, I would have spent more budget as well. But at the end, everything went well. Everybody was happy. Everything was successful. So I don't think I would have changed anything. But now, knowing all the results, of course, I would have put more budget into it. But I think everything went well and I wouldn't have changed anything. That's great to hear. Kind of Can you, uh, can you give us a, a bit of a sneak peek into what you see coming in terms of marketing activities in the future? 
On Zalando, we're going to do a very similar campaign to the one we did because, I mean, it was super successful and it's a no-brainer to do it again. We just do it a little bit differently this time. We have some other objectives, some other things we focus on. But we're going to do an influencer campaign 100%. We're going to do a very similar campaign to the one we just did. And on top of that, and I think... Everybody will benefit from that, not only Zalando, but us as a brand and every other retailer who sells our brand. Um, we're going to work with a very well-known German slash Swiss celebrity rapper, which we worked uh, with before. And I think that's going to be very, very nice and something that we haven't done before. Nice one. Yes. Now, you know, as we are nearing the end of our session, unfortunately, what, you, what would you say are your top takeaways for launching a successful marketing campaign with Zalando? That's always the most important thing for me. Be authentic as a brand. Be authentic in your story. Know where you come from. But on the other hand, also know where you want to go. And have a plan and stick to that vision. Stick to that plan. No matter which trend is coming, have a plan for the next three years, maybe. And yeah, really stick to that and don't let any trend or anything uh, interrupt that. Because at the end, if you always um, change it, you will never be successful because people notice that people don't trust you anymore as a brand. And um, I think that's the most important thing. Not only for you as the brand, like the whole campaign has to be authentic, but every single person that you work with has to believe in your idea and has to be authentic. We, for example, most of the campaigns and most of the influencers campaign we do as a brand are not paid or um, we see someone is wearing the brand already Uh, is happy with it, is supporting it. And then when we have like a relationship and it's a long-term relationship, that's what we're always looking for. Then we talk about spending money on that. And then we're totally fine with spending money. I mean, every influencer deserves to get paid 100%. But uh, I don't believe in just paying someone because they have a certain reach. They have to believe in your story and they have to... Um, believe in your brand. That's a powerful way to end it. And um, at this point, I would like to thank you very much for these great insights and also for the, taking the time to talk with us. And I would like to now address the dear listeners that if you're looking for more information, you can check the links that we dropped in the show notes of the episode and make sure to check them out. And uh, as always, if you like the episode, hit subscribe. There's more wisdom to come from the top marketeers across the partner base in just two weeks' time. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. <laughs>